0: Before I begin, long homily last week, shorter this week. All right, right place, right time, right thing happened. Have you ever been in a situation where, and right thing happened meaning like the good of you, the good of others, maybe at that moment or it flowed from that. Have you ever been in a situation where you're at the right place, just the right time for the right thing to happen? then you know a bit of what I'm talking about. And I think this can frame our look at today's gospel reading, particularly the call of four of Jesus' apostles, Andrew and Peter and James and John. Because they were at the right place at the right time. They didn't know that. They were just fishing. And Jesus shows up and calls them to be the disciples, and the right thing happens. They respond. And they're willing to just leave everything. And it wasn't just like that one off moment, this set them on a course. For the rest of their life with Jesus and after His death and resurrection and ascending of the Spirit and then sending them out into the world for the rest of their life, they just notice themselves always being in the right place at the right time and the right thing happens. And a little disclaimer here. When the right thing happens, it's not always a feel-good right thing, right? Right? It could be something difficult. It could be something challenging. There could be suffering involved. And like for them, there could be rejection and persecution. But nevertheless, the right thing happened because they are at the right place at the right time. And God's will was able to be accomplished through them. And we know that they were the initial. And then they spread it out to other people. And in a matter of a couple hundred years, the entire Roman Empire was converted And then off the church went into all the nomadic nations and converted them also. Isn't it incredible that these men and what followed them was in the right place at the right time and the right thing happened? How is that possible? Well, let me use an analogy, an illustration, a metaphor. Playing chess. Who here has ever played chess before? Okay, a good number of you. And others have you ever played checkers? Okay. Kind of like that? Kind of, right? Chess. We know that the objective of chess is basically this. It's if I'm the chess player, it's for me to make movements on the pieces of the chessboard so that I can get my opponent to respond that i can actually move my opponent and their and and their decisions what they're going to use with their pieces in such a way that they're responding to my movements and my objective then is to win and that is to capture the king that's chess in a nutshell all right, now, the grandmaster chess players, I don't know if you've ever seen this on TV or you can YouTube it, right? Grandmaster chess players, it's incredible what they do. They're, they're, their minds are working so much, human though, and they're they are 20 steps ahead of their opponent on that board for every possible piece, their piece and their piece. And they're always 20 steps ahead, and they're thinking to so, if I move this chess, it's gonna cause my... But they have freedom, they have free will, they can do whatever they want. But it's gonna, it's gonna move them in my movement to make these moves and I'm gonna anticipate that and that's how I'm gonna win. But they're always 20 steps ahead. Now, what's really incredible, it's not just one board, it's at least 10 boards at the same time. And each one of those boards, they're 20 steps ahead of their opponent, <sighs> right? Now, Bishop Robert Barron, who's one of the, my favorite people to listen to in, you know, like social media, like podcasts and YouTube, he takes this metaphor of the chess play, and he says, this is our relationship with God. This is how we can relate with God. It's like a chessboard. And here's how it is. It's, it's not just one board or 20 boards And it's not just 20 moves ahead of us, but God is always a million moves ahead of us. But we still have free will. We're not predetermined. God doesn't violate our freedom. But he's always many, many moves ahead of us. And and his objective is not to defeat us. His objective is, is for us to win. He's willing to lose so that we win the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, and all that He offers us. And He says, being in a relationship with Christ is like a million chessboards, not 10 or, 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 or 20, that the Lord is always playing across our lives, around us, and in us. And yes, sometimes there are things that he does that are a direct part of his will. And many, many times like living in this broken world, it's other things that are happening. But, but he knows that, and he's ready for it, and he's responding to it, and he's going to do things that move in and around us to get us to respond to his movements. In the hopes that as he moves ahead of us, we will respond. And if we respond, then he guides us through the chess piece that is our life the chessboard that is our life so that we can win him for all of eternity okay let's use an example so when I was thinking about this I thought about when I was a much younger priest and I was traveling I was traveling by air and I had a connector flight in another airport so the plane I was on the first plane I was on something went wrong mechanical or whatever and we were late arriving in the second airport where I was going to do a connector and and go to another airport to my destination. And wherever it was, I can't even remember what it was, but it was something important. I need to be there on time. All right. So I arrive in the second airport, and I just, I, I chuck it. You know, I'm just like running through all the terminals to try to get to my gate. And I get there, and as I get there, I see my plane pull away from the gate. And I say to the representative, that's my plane. And my representative says, that's not your plane. I'm like, no. We are down south. I'm like, that's my plane. She goes, she said, that's not your plane. I was like, oh. You know, and as you can understand, human, all these emotions came through. Frustration, anger, all kinds of things going on in me. And then I stopped and am like, no, no, no. Lord, what are you doing here? how are you moving right now what's your play and just help me to respond to your movements because there's something you want done here and i trust you just help me to respond so i get on the plane i sit down a woman sits down next to me we take off she sees me praying a rosary as we take off right Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. (laughs) And she sees I'm a Catholic priest. So immediately, she just opens up with her life. And her life was a mess. A mess for years. And so I'm just listening and responding, and we're we're in this, this intense dialogue, and there's this bucket of tears coming out. And I and I hear her her confession. She went to the sacrament of reconciliation after years. She just let go of all that crap. And I, I I laid hands on her. Asked if I could do that. I prayed over for healing. We had this awesome encounter. And at the end, we're like, hey, by the way, where do you live? I find out that she lived in the neighborhood of the parish that I was serving at that time. And so I asked her to join my parish, and she does. And then I get to see for many years across her life, not just the transformation at a moment of grace, but I saw the transformation lived out over many years, and not just for her, right? But I saw her touch the lives of so many other people. And because of what she encountered, what she experienced for the transformation of her life, conversion of her life, the healing, the forgiveness, the new hope, the new joy, the new vision, I saw her touch and change the lives of so many other people. And a little disclaimer, that encounter on the plane, that wasn't because of me. That was because God and his movements. And all I did was just simply respond to those movements. And off the ripple effect went. Right place, right time, right thing happened. How can we live our lives like this? Because we all want it. We all want to be in the right place right time for the right thing to happen, not just for us, for so many of the other people that we love, our spouses and our children, and so many other the people that we're going to encounter in our lives are complete strangers. We want to be a part of that because we're Christian. So how can that happen? Easy. Just like the disciples. It's trust. It's trust in God and his movements. And to be aware of the movements is prayer. Prayer... Puts us in sync with his spirit. And gives us the want, the desire, and the ability, the courage, the gravitas to respond to his movements. And then it's also getting to know him. Like they spent three years getting to know him before off they went into the world. So for us, you've heard me say this before, two offers. Father Mike Smith, Bible in a Year podcast. Where a little bit of time, a couple of minutes, he goes through the scriptures over a year. And a little bit of time every day, he explains the scriptures. So you can get to know who God is. And then, knowing him, you know how he works. And how he moves in people's lives. And how he wants to move in your life. Second thing is, he just started Catechism in a Year podcast. Right? And the Catechism is all about who God is and who he isn't. Because living in this world, a lot of us are getting him wrong. We get him wrong, we don't know how to see him. We don't know how to respond to him. Or we're afraid to respond to him because we have a false image of him. Catechism corrects all that. And tells us who we are and who we can be in him. A little bit of catechism every day and an explanation to that. And then we know him. We know how he works. And then other things like this, this young lady on the, uh, on, the, uh, you know, on the plane next to me. The sacraments, regularly uh, frequenting the sacrament of, of confession. So we get rid of all the junk like, that attaches shame to it and keeps us away from God. Or all the sins that keep us from hearing Him and seeing Him and responding to Him. And regularly, like, thank God you're here, right? You're regularly receiving him in the Eucharist so he can dwell inside of you. And the more he dwells inside of you, the more we're able to hear him and respond to him, and the more he's able to move in our life and we can respond to his movement. And that's it. That's a Christian life. A life lived where you're in the right place at the right time and the right things happen for you and everyone else. And that's how the world was converted. And that's how the world you live in with all the people around you. And so much of the world beyond you is going to be reconverted.